Let's make today the day you start the business that will change your life. You'll learn how at Income School. Income School is about taking your income into your own hands by creating a website that people will love, building a following, and earning a living online. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Income School podcast. I'm really excited for this episode because we are finally past uh, kind of the introductory information in the podcast. And today we're going to do a business breakdown. Now, this is a new series we're going to do periodically on the show pretty often. And it's going to be me talking with a new entrepreneur or a struggling entrepreneur, somebody who wants to take their business to the next level and needs a little direction on how to do that. Often it'll just be me coaching uh, one of the listeners of the podcast. And sometimes I'll also bring on um, other business contacts I have, other bloggers, podcasters that I know who are really successful and I know can give solid advice to others. So on today's episode, I am very happy to have Melissa on the podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jim. Well, Melissa, tell us a little bit about uh, your business and kind of your your background in, in getting started. Okay. Well, basically, um, I started my blog uh, back in January originally and just had a very slow start, put a few posts up. It was originally on Blogger, so it was just a basic site. And I always had the intention of podcasting or, sorry, blogging, but just didn't really didn't really have a plan. And then I heard about your new income school podcast and your blog, and it was just the kick that I needed to get started. So um, basically... I I earn $32,000 a year. I really hate my job. Um, I live in Nova Scotia, Canada with my husband and my two dogs and my cat. And I have a background in graphic design, but I don't really use it in my current job. And I've always been looking for ways to get back into being more creative. So my blog sort of talks about that. And I, I've been listening faithfully to your podcast and to looking at all your articles on your blog. And uh, I start listening to Pat Flynn from your recommendation. But I pretty much feel like I'm just flooded with information and I don't know where to start and I'm kind of flailing a little bit. I need a plan. Okay, good. Well, good. I, I That's that's my goal for, the, for this uh, time that we have together is that by the end of the podcast episode, I want you to have kind of a five-month plan of, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do uh, for this time. So you don't waste any of that time flailing around. And that, that's a good way of describing it, really. I've definitely, definitely had times in my business where I felt like I was kind of flailing. You know, I, I just didn't have a, a real clear direction of what I should be working on. So that definitely resonates with me. Well, tell me about the blog that you started and, and uh, kind of your efforts there. Basically, the, the title is Embrace Creative. And, and it's at embracecreative.ca, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, the subtitle is Adventures in Living Creatively. So basically what that means is I, I've always been a very creative person. My whole life I've tried everything from music to my current love, which is photography, graphic design, web design, cooking, sewing, you name it. And I, I never really felt very motivated to take on all these different hobbies. I, I just feel like I was wasting my creativity and I knew there would probably be other people out there that felt the same way. So uh, about last year, I started a business doing wedding um, stationary design and 
that that really opened up a new door for me in my creative level and gave me a way to give that outlet and amongst that many other creative endeavors. So I wanted a place to sort of bring that all together and create a community for people who are just like me, who can't really even stick to one thing. We just love it all. We're so creative. It just oozes out of our pores. And and that's sort of the the impression I want to give on the blog. And I, and I don't really stick to one specific topic. Okay. Well, I spent some time looking looking through your website so I can have a really good idea of exactly where you are. Now, you started in January, is that correct? Yes. And and that's when you put it on WordPress or when you switched over from Blogger? That's when I originally launched it on Blogger and I only did maybe six or eight articles at that time. And then I switched over to, to WordPress on your recommendation after reading through your blog and getting the step-by-step instructions from that. Okay. Okay, well, th- that's great. Now, now tell me, uh, kind of, kind of your your end goal. Like, I mean, obviously, your goal is I want to make as much money as possible with this website. That's everybody's goal. But, but what <laughs> what would say when you when could you say I'm totally happy with this business endeavor? I've done it. I mean, you you'll probably want to push on from there. But, but when would you yeah. be happy with it? Well. At this point, I just need to find a way to quit my job. And I would, I just, I'm aching to be able to have some more freedom and obviously make more money. But if I could just make $3,000 a month, that would replace my current income. It would free up my time if I could quit my job to really focus on this and do everything I want to do. And more importantly, it would give me time to work on all these projects that I'm trying to write about in my blog, which is kind of what I struggle with right now is trying to balance everything. Okay. So I just need, I need flexibility and I need to be able to replace my income to, to do that. Okay. So our goal is 3000 a month. That is so doable. I'm glad to hear that. I, cause that's, that's something that you can very realistically get to within a year. I, I think yeah. if you, if you really put your mind to this and invest the time and effort into doing it, that's very, very doable within a year. Well, so, you know, I was, sorry. I was excited when I, when I read your blog and heard you talk about your income, because that's just so incredibly unattainable to me. But I thought if you can reach that amount of money, then surely what I'm looking for is easy to do. Good. I'm glad you see it that way because some people look at it and say, that's unattainable. So I'm glad that you're saying that's unattainable right now. But if that's possible, then this little goal is easy. That's good. I'm glad you're seeing it that way. So what would you say are the two biggest things that you're having trouble with right now? Well... I, first of all, I really need to plan out a content strategy where my, my topic is fairly broad. So right now I'm just struggling between what I should write about and, and planning out how and when and the different topics. That's a big thing for me because I know I need to blog every day and sometimes I sit down and I just really don't know what to write about. So I spend a lot more time probably than I should on just coming up with articles. Have you developed a hit list yet, an article hit list? I did start one. It probably has about 10 things on it. So I'm going to eat through that pretty quick. So okay. that's, yeah. But I do, I do understand that concept. I maybe just need a little bit more time on it. Okay. Well, all right. Let's get, let's get a plan then. Let's say we want to, want to get to that $3,000 a month mark. Now, before you quit your job, you're obviously going to want to see the, that three months of income, uh, or you're going to want to see that $3,000 a month for a few months to let you know that you're consistent and you're on the right track and it's not just a, a spike in your income for a, for a temporary time. So yeah, let's sure. say we wanted to see your income at $3,000 a month for three months that you were at that level. 
Now, as soon as you start monetizing, you're not going to immediately be at $3,000, probably, uh, unless you've really done a good job building an audience and you're charging for more of an expensive product. So I think if you spent four months building an audience, you released a lower level, a lower level, lower price point product at, you know, the five month mark, you had a month to work on that and you started to make some sales and then, you know, maybe at the seven month mark, eight month mark, you, you made a more expensive product, something like in the, you know, 50 to a hundred dollar range. That's where it makes it a lot easier to get to $3,000, especially where you have a small, smaller audience. You know, if you're only charging 10 bucks for an ebook, you're going to make some money, but it's going to be tough to really yeah. get up there. For so sure. uh, I think if, if that's kind of our general plan for, for the price points we want you to hit during, during this first year, then I, I think, you know, you know, nine, nine, ten months into it, you should be hitting that $3,000 a month mark. At least you may be able to hit it a lot quicker. There certainly are, are people that can, but we're just going to be really practical and reasonable. And I think at that point, that's, <laughs> excuse me. That should be really attainable. So as I look through your website, there are a few things that I noticed. The first thing that I noticed is the blog started in January, but I count 17 pages on the website. Uh, that's really low. And, and that's, a, that's a quick sign to me that you aren't feeling enough of a direction on the site. Because mm-hmm. if you had the direction to go... You could bust out 17 articles in two weeks, you know, that if just write one a day, you know, steal away half an hour a day and write an article, that's not that tough. And and I read through your articles, you're a really good writer, which is something that I don't see very often with new blogs. Usually I see, it's going to take a few months for this writing to get up to par, but you're a good writer. And so that's excellent. So I really want to see more articles on the website. The second thing is this. Uh, when I started looking at your website when we had planned this call, I asked my wife, because my mom, my wife spends a lot of time on blogs like yours. She just, she loves decorating and cooking and uh, graphic design. She really likes, uh, she's really not into photography so much, but drawing, all the, all the, all the kind of creative stuff. Yeah. I love photography, but you don't want me decorating anything. <laughs> <laughs> So I I asked my wife, I said, so Emily, what's your favorite design creative blog out there? And she said, oh, I don't have one. And I said, what do you mean you don't have one? You're, I see you on Pinterest every morning on your phone. As soon as you wake up, you're on Pinterest and you're reading blogs. How could you not have a favorite blog? And she said, oh, I, I just really don't. And I said, so, I mean, what's one or two that you've read? And she couldn't even name any of the blogs. And so what she does, she's your perfect customer. The perf- person that you're looking for is downstairs in my house. It's my wife. And, <laughs> Give me her email address. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will. She'll be your best man. <laughs> so, the, so what it got me thinking of is what is missing then from this niche that my wife could go to the website and say, that's what I was looking for. And she's done that one time that I can ever remember. One time she woke me up. I was sleeping and she she fell asleep to looking at Pinterest, which is something she commonly (laughs) does. And she woke me up and said, Jim, you have to look at this website. What is it? And it was uh, a recipe on cooking healthy. She does a great job cutting the calories out of our food. And so um, she found a website that had a ton of recipes, but she'd seen that before. But this one had a meal plan and she could pay $5 a month and they just give you 
you a whole bunch of recipes that you could cook every day that are easy and quick, but are, you know, under 500 calories. And that's what she'd been searching for. She found a lot of recipes, but not that was exactly what she was looking for. And so when she went to that website, she could finally say, I have arrived. I can become a fan of this. And she whipped out her credit card, probably for the first time that I've ever seen her buy something online that wasn't from Amazon.com. She just isn't really the kind that buys something online. Mm -hmm. And so this is your, that's, that's your avatar that we call it. You know, that's your perfect customer. So looking at your website, my wife wouldn't give that impression now. Because there are only 17 articles and it's right. it touches on some areas that she's just not interested in. My wife doesn't care about photography because she knows that that's kind of my thing. I, I have enough photography juices. Yeah, in. you feel <laughs> that need for her. It runneth <laughs> over. So, um, so she wants to have her own thing. So if she reads your website, she'll see some of the things she likes, some of the things that don't really apply to her, and she'll be moving on. Um, so what are some things you think you could do, uh, with that website, just thinking specifically of my wife, Emily, um, to, to attract somebody like that? Have you thought about that? Well, honestly, that's something I've been a little bit concerned about is not everybody loves everything. So Mm -hmm. if I'm covering a lot of broad topics, am I, am I going to lose people who aren't interested in certain articles or, or if I'm writing about this today and that's the top thing on my list and they're not interested in seeing that, will they just keep going? So I think that is what I'm kind of struggling with is how do I do what should I narrow it down a little bit? Should I pick one thing or am I okay with being broad? Well, one thing that I can tell you is this. Everybody told me when I started my website that I had to niche down and niche down again, make it this tiny little niche topic. And I'm really glad that I did not follow that advice. I just chose photography, period. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I talked about beginning photography tips, advanced photography tips, HDR photography, landscape photography, portrait photography, flash photography, and I could go on all day and I have. Um, yeah, but, but you love all of it. I so do. I really do. I'm in, I enjoy that. And the truth is most photographers are interested in just photography. Like for right. me, I'm mostly interested in landscape, but I still like doing portrait photography too. Um, and that's true of most photographers. Some are just interested in a niche and they'll find that too. But most photographers are just generally interested in that kind of thing. So the next question is, are most people in the creative niche interested in creativity or are they interested in photography, cooking, home decor? I guess it depends what sector you're looking at. Who I guess the people that you focus on will be the ones that come to the site. That's who you target. I guess so if I did narrow it down to just one thing, then I would be targeting that market and I would find those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess if I did that, the question is, what do I love the most that I can write about every day? So that's, I guess, something for me to decide. But um, Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I see what you're saying. So I think the problem is, one, we have to get off any information that's going to turn them away. Like the photography section, my wife's not interested in this website anymore. Mm -hmm. Because that post is going to come into her email if she's subscribed and she's going to say, blech, this isn't me. And that's the opposite feeling that we want to give them. We want everybody who gets to your website to have something that piques their interest enough to say, ooh, this is 
this is something different than the thousand of other pins uh, that have led to blog posts that I've seen before. For me, it's the long form content on improved photography. You come in, you just read a random photography tip and a lot of people will leave, but a lot of them will see, you know, where we've linked to a long form tutorial and I'll have a 10 page, you know, get started in photography free thing there. And that really gets people interested. We're on the gear section. They'll, they'll get there and they'll say, ah, finally, somebody has just told me what lens to buy and has walked me through the decision and that hooks them. The more broad you get, the tougher that is. So I do think you're probably too broad right now. I think it's okay to go broad. I don't think you have to choose like this super narrow niche, but I think you're a little bit too wide right now, unless you can make it something other than the topic that brings it all together. For example, if you if your uh, website was all about DIY creativity or, or if it was all about, you know, vintage creativity and you were talking about reclaimed furniture and, you know, using your uh, your leftover meals to create something <laughs> new, you know, reclaimed yeah. or something. If there was some kind of theme that ran through it that somebody could say, yes, I love vintage stuff and this is me. You know, they're going to do vintage portraits and they're going to do vintage reclaimed furniture, etc. Um, there needs to be some kind of thread that ties this all together or else you're never going to have somebody come to the website and have that, ah, this is me moment. And that's what you have to have to build an audience. I'm sure you've seen the, I mean, just limitless number of creative blogs and they all end up when you go to them, it feels like a personal blog. It just feels like this is kind of intended for my 10 buddies on Facebook. It's not really intended for me. Yep. That's, that's another question that I was going to ask you about is how much of myself should I put into it? Should it be strictly educational or should it be about my adventures? Because my original intent before I even thought about trying to make money at this was just to talk about my situation as a busy person who works full time. I love to be creative. How do I make time for that? How do I run my business, you know, through all those threads? And maybe that's, that is the topic. I don't know. Well, I think, I think most people are are too personal in their blogs when they start them out. Um, but I do think it's important that you include a lot of personal information. You just have to do it in the right way. Before I, I start a podcast on, on whichever podcast I'm working on, I write in my Google Doc a little personal detail about myself that I want to slip in there some somehow. And I, I don't, I, some people will start a podcast and they'll say, well, it's been a good week for me. I ran a marathon this week and I, you know, all these different things and it, well, that just turns me off. But mm-hmm. instead, I, I just include a little personal detail that as I'm thinking through the episode, I want to somewhere slip in that I ran a marathon this week and I can talk about the photographer that was there or I could talk about, you know, the business goal of, of, you know, reaching something difficult like that. Uh, so I always have a little personal detail that I like to slip in so people can get to know me without that being so in your face. Right. And it ties into your conversation somehow or your topic. So it's yeah. relevant. Yeah, because even doing that, including those tiny little details, when I do read, meet people, you know, sometimes if I'm traveling, somebody will stop me on the street and say, hey, I read your blog. Uh, They really do know me. It's kind of creepy, in fact, um, (laughs) how much people know me because they read read a blog for a long time and you end up learning a lot about the person. Um, They really will get to know you just from those little bits. So don't feel like you want to put out a lot of your life. You just want to put in tiny little trickle every time and they'll get to know you over a little bit by a bit. 
Okay. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So we're going going to niche down. We, we've got to pick something. I know you want to, to make it, uh, you know, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself too much, but somehow you've got to pick uh, one of these topics to stay on. You know, I don't mind you keeping a little bit broad, but, but we're just way broad right now. So is there one of those topics that seems to stick out a little bit more to you? Well, recently, my my latest posts have mostly been about cooking, and that's something I feel like I could stick with. Uh, it becomes a bit challenging for me because part of what I love to do is cook the food, take the pictures, and then, you know, make this really beautiful storyline that goes along with the recipe and the beautiful pictures that I've taken, which is another way of showcasing, showcasing my own photography, which is another goal. But uh, that's, that's awesome. Stop right there for with. a second. Listen, you love photography. You're still doing the photography. You're just not talking about it in the blog post so much, but you're still doing the photography and you're doing the cooking at the same time. So that's great. Now you get your creative juices. Even if you're not talking about the photography, you're, you're still using it. And the graphic design, holy smokes, being a graphic designer makes a big difference as a blogger. Uh, knowing Photoshop, since I'm a photographer, is a huge advantage as a blogger because I can make my stuff look really good uh, when I put it out there. So all of those skills are awesome, and you're going to use them. You'll, you're going to get to use Photoshop all the time. You're going to get to use your photography all the time. But maybe that won't necessarily be what you're talking about. Right. Okay. Yep. I can see that for sure. So next, I want to talk about the URL. Uh, Embrace Creative, I think, is fine. It's the CA that I'm a little bit concerned with. About, I wondered if you'd mention that. <laughs> about 60% of my listeners are international. Only 40% are in the United States. And the United States is a larger country. Um, so if you're just niched down to Canada, and obviously your information applies outside of Canada, but if you tell them an American go to improvephotography.ca, they'll be like, what? They, they don't. Most people don't know what that is if they're not a technical person. They'll say, ca.com or what? You know, it yeah. just... It's tough to remember and and to understand what those international modifiers are. So I'd really like to see you go to a .com. I think there are times where it may be appropriate, especially if you're, you know, let's say I'm making a political blog in Germany. Yeah, it should be a .de website because it's going to be a signal to Google and your users. This is hyper local right now. Mm-hmm. But 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 I think with your website that has such general applicability, you're not trying to niche down to Canada. So let's not let's not do it with the with the URL. Now, when you try to find that, and I'm guessing you probably did, it's tough yep. to find the right URL, isn't it? Yep. I, I actually looked for embracecreative.com and it was $3,000. It's available, but it's really expensive. Someday mm-hmm. I'll buy it. But I did the CA because it was available. I did buy the .net and the .org. So should I stick with one of those or try to do a hyphen or, you know, what do you think there? Oh, those are tough. I mean... My biggest concern with a hyphen is not so much that people can't remember it, even though that is a a difficult thing, but it starts to look a little bit spammy when you see that because you see pay hyphen day hyphen loans hyphen now hyphen money dot com and you immediately know I'm on a spam site, right? It's just it's just has that signal of I'm a spammer. Uh, So it's I just mostly I'm concerned with it's a name of your business that somebody can go to and say, hey, I'm a fan of dot dot dot. 
As long as they can say that sentence, it's fine. Uh, I, I don't worry too much about having the keyword in your URL. That's good, but it's not like, you know, you don't have to have it that way. But it is important that uh, somebody can say, I'm a fan of this. As long as they can say that sentence, I think you got a good business name. Okay. So I know that's tough and I know you've already done some work uh, there, but I really do feel like you're going to really regret it two, three years down the line if you if you don't switch to something you can get a .com of. A .net and .org is good, but it's always going to be in the back of your mind. Ah, are people not remembering it because of that? Uh, yeah. I, I'd rather see you have a name that's a little bit longer that you don't quite love as much and have the .com. I think you're gonna, going to like that over the long run. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. And it it's better to do that work now that I'm in the early stages for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that's going to be a little bit of work and stuff to get set up, but I really feel like a year from now when this is your full-time job, you're going to say, I'm really glad I didn't do that. That was crazy. You know what the name IncomeSchool.com was originally? ColdFishSticks.com. Terrible. That's the worst <laughs> name ever. But I thought for, it sounded like a good idea when I was starting. It was going to be something kind of funny. Terrible idea. And I just had to admit that one day and switch everything over before I launched the website. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't picture myself advertising that I'm a fan of cold fish sticks. Yeah, it's the best, I, isn't it? I, I, I like where that's going, but I don't know how I feel about the final result. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, we decided we're, we're going to work on a new name. We're going to niche down a little bit more. We don't have to get crazy, but we're going to niche down a little bit. Now, how are we going to get that flood of traffic? Do you have any plans for for working on that other than obviously publishing more posts? We talked about talked about writing every day, which I think is just necessary here. What else? Uh, I've set up a Facebook page. I set up Twitter, uh, Pinterest, of course, which I'm just using my existing Pinterest account because there's tons on there, but I converted it over to a business and I have 150 some followers on there already from years of using it. Awesome. Um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, I set up an account. So I've got all the social media set up and uh, slowly getting a trickle of likes and follows, uh, just mostly family and friends, but through Twitter, some random ones too. And just trying to build my networks there. It's really slow. And that's the part I'm kind of wondering about is how do I go beyond my friends and family? You know, they're all somewhat supportive. They, they <laughs> think they want to help me and support me. But really, you know, when it comes down to it, they can only do so much. They, they'll, they might share it, but they can't, I can't force them and their friends to like me. So I'm not really sure how to grow beyond that. Okay. Um, well, it, it really is a matter of momentum, and it's difficult to see how an audience can be created when the drip of new fans is so slow. I I totally know what that feels like, especially right now where I'm starting a new website at Income School. I know what that feels like. Um, but, you know, now I have half a million fans on improved photography, and I can see that every day... It's, you know, 40 followers to the email list. It's, you know, five followers on Twitter. It's two followers on Google+. It's so tiny every day. But over three years, wow, it's incredible how it builds. And now I'm adding over a thousand people a day just to my Facebook page. 
but there's no way, there's no trick I could have implemented three years ago to make it get to a thousand people a day, at least for any extended period of time. It really is a snowball and it's going to build as long as you make sure it never stops. As long as you're getting the trickle, you're okay. I'm not too concerned about that. I am a little bit concerned about having too many social media outlets, especially at the beginning. Twitter, do you use Twitter or Facebook for your personal stuff, communicating with friends and family? I'm a Facebook person. Twitter doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not a big user. Great. Never use it again. I I spent six months working on Twitter over and over and over again, trying to build up my following for improved photography. And I got to like 5,000 fans. And then I looked at my stats one day and I saw there were like 50 people over a month that came to my website, even though I had 5,000 Twitter fans and I was posting links to my site all the time. I said, what is the deal here? I'm quitting. And I quit. And it's been a great decision because <laughs> as soon as I started putting my emphasis on Facebook, bangs, they, that trickle started to get a lot quicker. And so, okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying that Twitter is a bad social network. Some people, you know, kick butt with it in their business. Yeah. But I would say generally, not even generally, most of the time, almost all of the time, Facebook does better than Twitter for a business. It works great for CNN or the BBC because they can, you know, say, use this hashtag and then bang, they get to see we're trending, you know. But mm-hmm. but for a small business, most of the time I see Facebook is infinitely more powerful than Twitter is. Uh, so that would be my my recommendation. And given that I've, I've done a lot of work in the creative space, I can say pretty confidently that that's probably where you want to be. But definitely... I'm really, oh. really happy to hear that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> because I hate Twitter. Honestly, it doesn't come naturally to it me. It feels I'm not the so kind of forced for me. To, I don't want to scroll through 3,000 new updates every 10 minutes. It's just not me. And that's the problem. It's so noisy on Twitter that even if you have thousands of followers, that they're actually going to see your post when you say, hey, I just came out with my video course. So slim, so tiny. Uh, I mean, even if you're doing a really good job, they are not going to see all your posts, even if you're great at Twitter. So I, I would I would use where you're natural. What I've did what I did is I just set up my Twitter to auto post what I post on Facebook and then like eh it's there every six months I'll use it for something. It doesn't hurt anything. It takes like twenty seconds to set up. No big deal. And then okay. if hey you know a couple of years down the line you say Twitter's actually the thing, then hey you know you have been posting. You were terrible at it, but but it has been moving something. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, yeah. And then your Pinterest. Pinterest is going to be huge for you, especially because you're a graphic designer. So you've heard me talk about in the podcast about um, having a, a nice photo that's that's vertical, you know, that, that's a tall yep. photo that we gr- put the text of the article on there um, and then we post it on, on Pinterest so that when people see the pin, they don't just see, oh, that's a pretty picture of somebody's lunch. They see, oh, there's 10 tips on how to cook healthy, you know, or whatever. And then they'll click through to your blog. So you're yeah. at a big advantage right now because of that. So That's I something I've really focused on and mm-hmm. every post I've done to date has a nice big Pinterest specific specific graphic with beautiful text and nice pictures and yeah that's something that's important to me awesome i'm really glad to see that you know i'm just working with a brother-in-law right now who is who's going to come on the podcast pretty soon who's been running his website for about four months and you know he was getting 10 people a day for months at a time and then one day he got 2,500 people just flooding to his website from from Pinterest you know he just wrote the right article that just struck just the right chord and it 
You know, he only had 100 people on his personal Pinterest page, but, you know, one of those people shared it and it went to the right person and eventually you just... It will just happen. Eventually, you're going to get that bump that you need. So don't get get discouraged if you don't see if you don't see results right off. Eventually, you're going to get that bump from Pinterest if you're doing things consistently right. It's going to happen. You just got to have a little bit of faith, and 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 it'll come there. Awesome. I'm excited about that because I do use Pinterest, so it'll be it'll be fun. Pinterest can send a tremendous amount of traffic, so that's awesome. Now, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is what about the possibility about just forgetting about your audience right now and just creating a product instead? One, one strategy that, that is very possible, it's not, it's not the way that I usually approach a business, but I think is perfectly viable, is what if you were to write an ebook? because I see that you're a strong writer and you're good with graphic design so you could lay out the book by yourself, what if you were to write an ebook and put that out there and don't even worry about your audience, maybe even make that what grows your audience, you know, work a little bit on your blog, you know, keep that up, have somewhere for those book people to come over. But if you were to create an ebook today, put it on Amazon and you hustled your butt to get people over there to get reviews and to, to build that up. Amazon could easily get you to the point of $3,000 a month with just an ebook. That's somewhat of the strategy that I took early on with improved photography, even though I didn't really realize it at the time. At the time, I thought I was writing to my audience, but now I can see that, you know, my audience was 100 people. It was puny. And what was really helping me was the fact that I wrote an ebook really soon at the start of my business. And, you know, people did find it on Amazon and bought it. And once they'd spent 50, 60 pages with me, they were really interested in at the end of the book when I said, hey, come join me at improvephotography.com. Have you thought about doing something like that? I hadn't really. I, the idea of an ebook has crossed my mind before, um, and I'm I'm interested in that. I do feel like my writing abilities could shine through on something like that, and I just have to come up with my topic and sit down and write the thing. Okay, so let's talk about that because I think that's probably the quickest way out of your current job. If you just want to replace your current income of $3,000 a month, I'm going to say that's probably the quickest way and it'd be awesome for your for your current audience. So I've talked to quite a few friends who have, have released books, uh, ebooks on, you know, on the Kindle and the iBook store, you know, released ebooks to all the different outlets uh, because they saw what, it, what I was able to do with it. And then they said, all right, Jim, show me how to do this. Well, this is what happened. Uh, I have, I can think of two different friends right now that wrote a book. It was good content, good enough to to be purchased, especially at a lower price point. And then they put it up on Amazon and they, you know, posted once or twice on their personal Facebook page. They made about 15 sales and then it just died and never did anything ever, ever again. So Mm -hmm. that's what we have to avoid. All we need is if you can write a good book, we can price it aggressively and then all we need is a little bump at the beginning. If you can get that little bump at the beginning, you can have a business overnight if we can get that bump. I One year I made over $80,000 just from selling eBooks. Now at that point I had five eBooks out, um, but I was still very new to blogging. My writing ability, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a good writer, but I wasn't great. I hadn't, you know, been doing it for years, but but I could, you know, I can spell and stuff. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Um, but my ebooks were short, you know, 55 pages and at that, and I was fortunate that I started at the time, right when the, 
when Kindle Direct Publishing was coming out, and when the iBook store was new for the iPad. So I hit it a little bit early, and that really helped me. But can you do the same thing today? Absolutely. You're just going to have to work a little bit harder to get that bump. So let's talk about the bump. Let's say you have your ebook written and you're going to put it on on Amazon today. So there are two places to put your ebook. One is you just write it in a Word document, put your photos in there, and then you go to smashwords.com and they have a style guide. It'll tell you exactly how to format your Word document so that they can convert it to an ebook. Smashwords.com, it's free to get an account and they'll distribute it to the Kobo to the Nook to the Apple iTunes store, all those podcasts or those ebook readers. But then you take that same Word document, not the, you know, they'll convert it to EPUB and you don't want to send that to Amazon. They don't let you do that. But if you take that same Word document formatted how Smashwords did, and that's what you submit to Amazon, it actually ends up formatted perfectly for Amazon too. So let's say you've done that work right now. You've you've just got your book on Amazon. Can you think of ways right off the bat that you might be able to get that bump? What, what would you do right now to do that? I would, well, obviously promote it to my family and friends on Facebook, put it on my blog, put it on Pinterest, promote it there. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure. Okay, that's, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's probably what everybody would, would do. And the problem is you're going to end up with 10 sales and you're going to be dead in the water. That's why I need your help, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in, in, I think it was the second episode of the podcast, I talked a little bit about desire and I can tell you really want your business to go, but what if it were life and death that it was like, we are going to slay your husband tonight. If you don't get this thing going, you'd find a way to get 20 people to buy that book. I mean, you would go on every blog you'd ever seen and you would offer to write a guest post and you would link to your book. You would go to every other blog that you'd ever seen that wouldn't accept your guest post and you'd spam comments all over the place. You would try to get on everybody's email list. You would talk to your Aunt Sally from 10 years ago and ask her, please, will you buy my book? You would go out and you would go into absolute desperation mode to get this done. Now, that sounds a little bit crazy, but if you're going to attack this from a no audience standpoint, that's probably going to be what it's going to take. But if you do that all at one time, let's say you write 15 blog posts to other to other blogs that you know accept posts and you know they'll give you a good link at the bottom. If you get all those ready and you put them out there, bang, on the day that you launch your book, all those blog posts are going to get posted at the same time. And you go talk to your dear Aunt Sally and you go talk to your neighbor and everybody and you work your butt off to get those to get all those leads at once. You post on Pinterest like crazy that may be enough of a bump. And especially if you already have, you know, an email list of 100 people on your website, that's tiny, but it's something. If you were to have 100 people on your email list and you were to do all that work at once, that could be your bump. And the thing is, Amazon sees brand new book, sold 100 books today, you know, 300 people came and looked at this page and 100 bought. That's a 30% conversion rate this is an all right product. And so they're going to show it higher on their rankings. And then you're going to go in and you're going to beg and plead every one of your customers, maybe on the last page of your book, you're going to say, Hey, if you, if you enjoyed this book, you know, and you read to the end, I got good news for you. I'm going to give you a 15 minute free consultation or something. Uh, if you'll go ahead and write a review on, on Amazon and those reviews on Amazon are worth so much. If you'll do that. 
So if you get those sales and then you push hard to to get those reviews, that's I mean that could very easily be a thousand, three thousand dollars a month in perpetuity just by going out and and doing that work the first day when you get that bump. Because so many books are good content, they would get purchased if they had just seen a little bit more visibility at the beginning. And so if you think you can put that kind of effort and that kind of desperation into your work at the start, that's a very viable strategy for you. What do you think of that? Sounds like I need to do it. (laughs) I think I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just need to get creative with it. That's the thing. And just pound the pavement. I think if you're going to do that, it would probably be wise to continue writing on your blog for, you know, three months or so and start to work on that ebook, but maybe not launch it just yet. Because I want to get you to at least 100 email subscribers. Once you have a list of at least 100 people that you can email about a new product, that's enough for a bump. So I really wanted to see you working toward that. The other thing is you can take your blog posts and incorporate that into the book. You know, you probably want to reformat it, you know, word it so it flows really well, but you can absolutely do that. And you can use your blog as a sounding board, you know, which post came off really well. And you noticed a couple more shares on this than the others, you know, what kind of resonated with people. And then you have the foundation for a really good book at that point. Yeah, that sounds awesome because then it gives you a good idea of what's popular and what direction to take things in. Mm-hmm. So I, I would look, when you're looking for the topic of, of your book, on, on a book I really would go to a smaller niche topic. You know, if it, you just write a book about design, holy cow, that's never going to work. But if It you would write, be 3,000 pages. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So you could write one about, you know, how to design how, uh, an apartment. You know, that's interesting. That, that'd be something that people look for, or, you know, how to, how to, cook eggs or I don't know something <laughs> we, we want to look for something small enough that people are going to find it in a search because there's no way you're going to compete direct head-to-head with the published book that's in Barnes and Noble and everything and has been on the New York Times bestsellers list that's not going to happen so we want to go to a little bit smaller of an audience but one that, that still has applicability that most of the people that come to your blog are going to say hey yeah that's at least mildly interesting for me So I think that's probably what I would do for the next five months. I want to see you writing every, well, first I want to see, you you know, do those beginning steps. We probably need to switch to a a URL that's going to be more broadly applicable. Um, We, um, and then I want to see you writing every single day and, and doing that Pinterest strategy that we talked about that you're already working on and you're going to get that bump. Keep an email list visible, especially on your website where people are kind of popping in and out. I would probably use a pop-up on your website, you know, you know, a pop-up that says, you know, enter your email. We all yeah. hate those. Nobody likes getting those. Yeah, but they put their name on them. <laughs> That's right. And when I, on improved photography, when I, when I say, oh, this is awful. I can't believe I have a pop-up on my website and I take it down. I look at my stats and it goes from 120 people a day joining my email list to five people a day joining my email list. And I say, yeah, I don't like having a pop-up, but I sure like the result of having a pop-up. And so I think especially in your niche where people are going to be popping in and out on Pinterest, let's slow them down a little bit. Let's put the pop-up. If they were going to leave anyway, you know, then we might as well give them a pop-up. Sure. Yeah, that so sounds great. if you want the pop-up to be a little bit less in your face, one that I highly recommend is called Optin Monster. If you go to incomeschool.com slash optin 
Monster. I'll, I'm going to have an affiliate link over there. It's one that I use myself. What I like about it is this. It's just a normal pop-up. It's well-designed and it's easy to use, which is nice. Um, but what I like that this one does is it doesn't show the pop-up unless you rapidly scroll up and to the left in your page because that's where your back button is. So as soon as it sees up, uh, this guy's scrolling to the top of the page, he's about to leave, bang, then it sends in the pop-up. So it never disturbs you while you're reading the, the article, but if you're about to leave, then I'm going to try to get an email address out of you. And you know, I get 120 a day and it didn't bug anybody that wasn't going to leave anyway. And you can set a a cookie so that if they see it, but they come back to the website often, it's not going to show them the pop-up again for three months. So if it's somebody who likes to read your blog every day, but they didn't want to sign up, it's not going to bug them for a long, long time. So I think it has really nice features. It's just a regular pop-up, but the timing there I think is pretty cool. So that's one to at least check out. That's awesome. Do you feel like you have a, a pretty good um, direction of where, where you want to take this for the next couple months? Yes, you've totally opened me up to something different than what I was expecting, which is the, exactly the guidance that I needed. Um, this is a different direction than I was expecting, but I needed that outside perspective. So I feel good about it. Good. Do you have any other questions for me? Um, well, how do you feel about apps, designing apps or building apps? Is that something you've ever done? It's not something I've done. In fact, I was toying with the idea today with an idea with a product that I've made at one of my online classes, video classes, that I think, you know, I, I think people aren't buying it so much right now because it's just, it takes time that you got to commit to watch that five-hour video class. And so I've, I've toyed with the idea of creating an app. Um, I, I think apps, if you're, you know, you're going to make a game or something like that, it's kind of like Russian roulette. You're just rolling the dice and it might work and it might not work. Mm-hmm. If it's an educational kind of app, something that you can push your audience to, I do know a couple of guys that have really had big, big success with it. But again, you're going to have to fork out $3,000 to get an app designed, even for a fairly basic one. And so you're forking out $3,000 hey, it's $3,000 that you're trying to replace right now. And so that's going to push you one month further back on your goal. Um, Is it an option? Sure. Could it definitely work? Definitely. But I think think it it may not be the best strategy right now. Right now, an ebook, the the barrier to entry is so low and it will cost you like, you know, maybe 20 bucks of stock images to get going with that. that I think that's that's a lower barrier to entry easier to break into. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the other thing, when I installed a more like this kind of widget on my website, so at the bottom it brings up other articles to view, um, I noticed one of the widgets offers paid ads. Is that something you've ever done or is that a bad idea? I've done a lot of paid ads and what I've learned is you have to have just a tremendous amount of traffic for those paid ads to work. If you're going to use something like Google AdWords um, or AdSense that you know is going to pay you for for people that come to your website and click on it, you're going to get about 15, 20 cents uh, per click, if that. Um, and so $3,000 divided by 15 cents, you're going to have a <laughs> lot of people to come into your website <laughs> because then we're going to have to do the calculation of what percentage of them are actually going to click on it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to have a tremendous amount of traffic. And so what I always say is if you have that much traffic, 
surely you can think of a way to better monetize it than with, than with an ad. It works great on, on you know, a CNET. It works great on a blog that just has a huge amount of traffic, but isn't really amenable to a digital, digital product. But I, I think in your niche, it's definitely, you could definitely get a digital product going. And so I think you could earn more money by advertising your own stuff. Okay. But um, what you might switch that to to start get a little trickle of money is the Amazon Associates program. You know, if you're talking about cooking, every pan you recommend, every spatula you recommend, every prod, every uh, you know, if you use a a spice that isn't real common, link to it on Amazon and people can buy it, and then you're getting a little cut. It's not going to earn you a whole bunch. Uh, my stats show me about twenty cents per click, but it's not really an ad. It's helping your users because you're pointing them to where they can get it. And not just saying, you know, have this crazy cooking item. So it's helping them. It doesn't annoy your audience, but you're just, eh, you get a little bit of money from each one. So I think that's probably a better bet for your first dimes online. Okay. Yeah, that actually was something I was going to look into next because I've already started featuring some products. So I thought, why not monetize on that? Mm-hmm. For Great. sure. All right. Um, well, I want to invite all the listeners to go check out your website. Uh, if you're changing the name, uh, then be sure to set up a forwarder on your current website so it just forwards over to your new site. Who's your host right now? Um, actually, it's it's so, sort of self-hosted. I didn't mention this, but my husband is a web developer. Oh, okay. So the reason I kind of asked about an app is because he has the ability to build one for me. But I don't have an idea for that yet, so I think I will stick to your strategy with the ebook. Um, but he he has some connections through that, so I have hosting through a private server. Okay, so very yeah, cool. It, it's okay, actually so really, it's, this helped me out a lot with setting up WordPress and all that because he's got all the skills I need right in his back pocket. So it's. It's extra help That's for a good me. husband to have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I just wanted to, I, and the only reason I asked about that is, is, you know, if you needed any help setting over the forder, but it sounds like he's got you, got you taken care of there. Yeah. Um, now about the app, since, since you aren't going to have to pay your husband to design an app for you, you know, th- that is an option. I, I would probably consider it as good of an opportunity as an, as, as an ebook would be, you know, it's still going to go out and it's still going to fall flat on its face unless you're really pounding the pavement. But if you can get a little bump on the app store, you could do just as well as an ebook, um, I would say probably your income over time may be a little bit better as an as an ebook. Apps tend to die out pretty quick from from the mm-hmm. experience of my friends that have done it. But you know, if that's something you have, that might be something cool or something that you could repurpose your content on. You know, if you want to set make a series of you know, uh, 10 videos of cooking basics, you know, or, or, you know, cooking, you know, frying pan (laughs) tips, whatever, you know, if you make that on your website, you know, toss those videos into an app and and put that out there and we'll see what it does. You know, it might be something you might toy with down the road, especially because that's a, that's a cool, uh, competitive advantage you have that, that you could produce an app for free. So definitely something to try, but I think I really feel like an ebook is, is in your future here and it can do well if we can get that bump. That's awesome. All right. So I, I definitely want to invite the listeners, you know, uh, the, we're all in this together. We're all trying to start out our website. So let's go over, come to the show notes on incomeschool.com and hit the podcast tab. And then we'll, you'll see the show notes. I'll link over to our website. You know, we're all in this together. Let's come support and, uh, you know, comment on, on the site, do what we can, like a couple of posts that are applicable to you. And let's see if we can get our site just started up a little bit. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. 
I, I really appreciate your your time and, and your passion in doing this. I wish you the very best in uh, getting your business started. Thank you, Jim. All right. Have a good one. When you're serious about launching your website, check out Jim's free step-by-step tutorials at IncomeSchool.com. Income School is a production of Improv Photography, LLC. Any opinions expressed by guests and callers do not reflect those of Improv Photography, LLC. Results mentioned not typical. Some links mentioned are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Some calls simulated. Improv Photography, LLC is not a law firm and does not give legal or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a competent licensed CPA or lawyer licensed in your jurisdiction before making business decisions.